We got to fix the cocktails here. Because I'm a cocktail girl. We get, I love a good drink. Yes, the Jack and Cokes are cool every now and then. But we, we got we got to curate the cocktail culture right. here a little better. So I did. I started Sumptuous Spirits 2016. Um, right out the gate, I hired um, a few bartenders to have these events. Um, and it's grown to 20 plus bartenders um, operating regionally in Chicago and the Detroit area. Uh, servicing primarily corporate and social professional, working with brands like WeWork, obviously Bamboo, um, GM, Ford, uh, Forbes 8, um, just to name a few of the companies we've worked with. And it's been a really good journey. What up, though, Black Friday family, and welcome back to another installment of the Black Fridays podcast. As you can see, we are continuing our Let's Get Married series, and I'm here joined by my lovely wife, Mrs. Turner. How are you today? I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. And, of course, we have another special guest, someone who helped make our day very spectacular and wonderful, none other than Lauren Daniels of Sumptuous Spirits. How are you today? Hi. Hello. I'm good. How are you guys? Doing well. Good, good. Good to see you. And uh, didn't know that you were a fellow technician. So yes. shout out to Cast Tech CT. Yes. yes, we make some good alumni here. Absolutely. It's true. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about who Lauren Daniels is and then also about Sumptuous Spirits? Sure. Um, so Lauren Daniels, mom of two uh, toddlers, a wife, um, businesswoman, um, woman of God and lover of everyone. Um uh, Sumptuous Spirits is my brand that I started in 2016. Uh, my background's actually in accounting, but I have a love for cocktails. Um, when I moved back to Detroit after attending school at an HBCU in Alabama, I noticed that Detroit was emerging. Um, our events were emerging. We were no longer in just in the traditional spaces. Um, we would go into offices or lofts and have these amazing events, but the cocktails were just not matching the event. So I decided to go to bartending school while getting my MBA and I launched Sumptuous Spirits. Wow. So you went to um, bartending school with the intention of launching Sumptuous Spirits. Absolutely. Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't. Yeah. So that was the plan from the beginning. Yes. I'm like, we, we got to fix the cocktails here. Cause I, I'm a cocktail girl. We get, I love a good drink. Yes. The Jack and Cokes are cool every now and then, but we, we got, we got to curate the cocktail culture right. here a little better. So I did, I started Sumptuous Spirits 2016, um, right out the gate. I hired, um, a few bartenders to have these events. Um, and it's grown to 20 plus bartenders, um, operating regionally in Chicago and the Detroit area, uh, servicing primarily corporate and social professional, working with brands like WeWork, obviously Bamboo, um, GM, Ford, uh, Forbes 8, um, just to name a few of the companies we've worked with. And it's been a really good journey. Very nice. And so if you know anything about an MBA program, there is usually some type of happy hour or a lot of drinking involved. So do you feel like I want to ask, how did your MBA how did you incorporate the things that you learned from your MBA into the business? And then also, I love, you know, meeting people, fellow um, MBA grads yes. such as yourself. So if you could tell us a little bit more, shed some light on that experience and how that catered to the business. Sure. I think what was good is that in the moment, 
You know, I feel like as students in general, right? Like we go to school, we know we want what we want to go to school for, and then we slowly apply some of the things we learned in real time. But the good thing about pursuing both is that I was able to quickly able to, you know, grow and navigate using what I learned in business school, a lot of which was operational processes. And because a lot of what at the time in like 2015, 2014, when I went, um, was geared more towards corporate larger entities, I was able to apply it to my small business and grow fast. Um, Once I was getting ready to graduate from Wayne State with my MBA, they started their entrepreneurship program, which is amazing. I was able to meet um, some other amazing entrepreneurs, hear their stories, and again, apply those lessons to my current business. So it was really, you know, a great way to kind of navigate the business space and grow my own personal business. Dope, dope. And as you were, of course, like you said, you planned to start Sumptuous Spirits when you went to bartending school. Did you always know, like, I want to be an entrepreneur or like what or was that something that you were just like, I see an opening here and maybe I want to try something new? No, that's a good question. Um, Originally, I just knew graduating from undergrad that I was going to be somebody's CFO Mm -hmm. on my my excuse me undergrad degree is in accounting and business management and that's what I was going pursuing my MBA for I wanted to quickly do you know go up the corporate ladder um, to the C-suite but I found entrepreneurship fell in love with it and it's always funny because I if you was to ask me what I'm comfortable with it would have been corporate mm-hmm. but I can't seem to let the entrepreneur side go and that really fulfills the passion um, so I didn't go into business thinking that this is something I would do full time eventually, um, but it has definitely grown to that. Nice. Nice. So want to introduce you to my favorite part of Black Fridays, which is okay. called Freestyle Fridays. Hey. So, Lauren, you from the city. You should know how to rap, right? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine because it's just a random assortment of questions. They're all about you, so you okay. shouldn't get them wrong. Okay. And we just ask that you answer each one and answer honestly. Okay. All right. So, I'm ready. Um, I've been asking all of our vendors this, or at least the majority. What's the craziest thing that you've seen at a wedding? Oh, God. We don't have the time of day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think... What's always interesting is the uh, quote-unquote drunk uncles and aunties. Mm -hmm. It's never the bride, the groom, their wedding party. It's always the family members Mm -hmm. that we always have to... Well, we don't cut off a lot of people, so let me say that. But that we also have to side-eye or say, you know, just get them some water. (laughs) They they get pretty lit. They get pretty lit, especially for the non-melanated weddings, okay? They can drink for a straight eight hours, okay? We're starting at four. We closing at 10. We bartending and serving them the whole time, okay? Yeah, drinks stay flowing. Listen, stay flowing like this. He has seven old fashions and he is still turnt, you know? So, yeah. Wow. So, as soon as the ceremony ended, they're getting straight to it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we had, we actually had in the same instance, um, someone's literal uncle who, while the ceremony was going on, wanted a cocktail. We told him no because, of course, <laughs> wedding. Yeah. He literally cussed our staff out and had to be walked out of the building. Mm, so no wow. cocktails. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no cocktails for <laughs> you. No cocktails for <laughs> what inspires you? What inspires me? I think uh, family legacy um, really inspires me and generational wealth. Um, I think especially in our in the black community, I think that's so important. And what I love is that generational wealth is not always applied to the fiscal, but also the knowledge that you pass down, the values and just instilling that in my children and our family and our household. And even, 
my business partners who are my family members as well and inspiring them, that's what inspires me. Very nice. So you say you don't do no basic drinks. So what's your drink of choice? Uh, so not quite basic, but a, definitely a staple classic is the sidecar, mm. which is cognac, lemon juice, triple sec. Mm. Yes. Very nice. Yes. It's very tasty. I'm a dark liquor girl. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> What's the first financial lesson you either have or will teach your children? The first financial lesson. Um, Let's see here. Oh, my gosh. That's a good one. I think as children, I think it's just learning to save just in general. Like you have to, you 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 earn and you save, mm-hmm. I think. Like things are not given to you. So yeah, of course, we'll of course help our children out. But listen, it's a, you, you earn, you save, you keep for yourself. But as adults, I will definitely teach them to live on only two thirds of their income just for any issues that may come up and they're not living paycheck, paycheck to paycheck. And the third is put it away. You say live on two thirds, so a third is put away. Oh yeah, third is put away. Yep, that's the rainy day. Got you. Words of wisdom. Yes. Got you. And what would you say is actually what did what's the last album that you listened to all the way through? (laughs) Uh, Let's see whose album just came out. Oh, T Grizzly's. Was it Grizzly's Coney Island or T's Coney Island? T's Coney Island. Yeah, I love it. Yes. New gym album right there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See how excited I got. <laughs> I know people still listen to T Grizzly. I'm not gonna lie. You know what? It's I think it's interesting because he's out on the West Coast now. He definitely mm-hmm. gives like I'm from Detroit, but I moved to LA. Mm, so, yeah. you know, I vibe to it. He still has like some of the Detroit um producers on it, but it's definitely a different T Grizzly than like first day out. Got it. Absolutely. It mm-hmm. <laughs> Very nice. Yes. <laughs> What are you looking forward to this holiday season? A break. Yes. No alarms. Rest. Just waking up when I'm ready. Yeah. A break. I feel Heart that. We feel that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, congratulations. You successfully passed Freestyle Friday. Ooh, so I like yeah. That. Yeah. Pretty, pretty easy, pretty straightforward. So yes. thank you for engaging in the, the randomness and want to go back into the business a little bit more and just wanted to ask you, could you talk a little bit more about the services that you offer? What type of events that you do? What type of clients that you work with for the folks out there who might be looking for your services in the near future? Yep. So, um, Sumptuous Spirits Bartending Company. Um, again, our staple is corporate social professional. Um, however, like you all, we service special events, so weddings, things like that. Um, so our team specializes in professional service and curated menus. And so instead of having to pay a ton of money to have, you know, basic cocktails, you know, we really work to make sure the bar is curated very well and tailored to the event and not necessarily buying stuff that you don't need, but really shaping the bar to be a reflection of the host. Nice. So, of course, you have sumptuous spirits. You also have some other entrepreneurial uh, ventures as well, correct? I do. Um, could you tell us a little bit about some of those, too? Sure. So um, outside of Sumptuous Spirits, I own Opulence Gallery. Um, It's a family of uh, full service, customizable event venues in the Chicagoland area, Um, primarily the south suburbs. And the problem we're solving there is that you're able to customize the event um, to whatever that looks like for you. So um, 
primarily in the suburbs of Chicago, you have the traditional large Italian banquet halls. But sometimes you want to incorporate your own decor, your own food, especially if there's a cultural need there, um, and, and, and even your own vibe. But they don't allow that in some of the places that are in the south suburbs. So we're bringing that element to the south suburbs by allowing people to craft um, their their event to their dreams. So we're providing that in the Chicagoland area. Um, and just recently launching Digital Rich Technologies. So steering from working in hospitality, we're launching a project management app for small to mid-sized event venues to uh, improve their uh, efficiency with their processes. And that's going to be a business-to-business SaaS tool that people will be able to utilize to improve their business services. So as a business nerd, I have to ask you, what has it been like to be able to horizontally integrate as far as the businesses that you have because you have the mobile bartender services now you have an event space and then you're working on an app that's going to be able to help people in those spaces as well so what is it like being what has the process been to integrate in that way no that's a good question i think as a business nerd as well the good thing about it is because i am you know the one that really steers the processes and the operations they all work pretty well together so um, with Sumptuous Spirits being the first of the many businesses that we have started, um, that then goes into Opulence Gallery. So we staff our events there at both venues that we have, one that we have currently and the one that we're opening. We're also able to do off-premise events uh, for bar catering. We're providing that via Opulence Gallery and Sumptuous Spirits. But now developing this app in which we're helping hospitality um, individuals, i.e. the um the uh, venues improve their project management. And that's because that's something that we've seen ourselves. We understand how hard it is to really run a business and have several apps that you have to use, right? So you have your staff checking in on the When I Work app, you got Google Docs, you got your emails from your clients, but how do you integrate that to make sure that you're not wasting time on navigating these things, especially on the day of when, you know, when the wedding day happens, I'm not trying to look at your email or find out what you guys said. I want to make sure real time I'm able to get those items. So that's where the app will come in. And because we are our customer, we'll be able to test the product ourselves and then help other businesses too. Very cool. In terms of, you said you have um, event spaces in the Chicagoland area. Of course, you are from Detroit and going back and forth. What is that like in terms of like time management as well as just like work-life balance for you? Um, so I think in terms of the time management, so I do drive to Chicago when I go, uh, when I tell people that I either get, oh, okay, yep, no, that makes sense. Or, oh my gosh, you're completely crazy. How are you doing that? You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, but because we're in the suburbs, it's only about a three and a half hour drive. So for me, that's nothing. I'm a driver. I love driving. It's not a problem. Mm-hmm. By the time you go to the airport, wait, same, fly, same you know, exactly, yeah. you know, and or even longer. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I just prefer to drive. So my time management has to be key because sometimes I'm leaving the Detroit area at four in the morning to get into a meeting at nine o'clock in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So timing is key there. The balance, I will definitely say is non-existent. Um, it's about what's priority at the time. And so for me as a type A business leader, I you know have my schedule down packed to say, all right, this week we're focusing on this. I'll be working in Chicagoland area or there are things in the Detroit area that need to be handled or even down to family. You know, if I'm, I'm blocking my calendar because you know, I'm going on a field trip or volunteering in the classroom. Mm -hmm. I'm just making sure I shift the priority to meet the needs of what's required at the time. And I'm curious, because you have three businesses that's going right now, at what point 
were you able to say now is the time to be able to scale and go into the next venture? I think it happened naturally um, as I started Sumptuous Spirits and even started to be in the business full time. My family, again, were very inspired by that and said, hey, you know, we really want to do the event venue. So, for instance, that was a dream not of mine, but my mom and my aunts um, and wanted to pull me and my cousin in. So we're a team of mother daughter duos and we joined forces and opened the venues. Um, and so because of that, we're able to trickle down and really start the other businesses together. Um, and that's how we were able to kind of grow the various operations that we're in. You mentioned before, um, in terms of, of course, you have business partners in these different ventures, but something you said when we were before we actually started the interview was knowing to stay in your lane. Mm -hmm. And so how did you find your lane and how do you maintain staying in your lane as you continue to grow with business partners and your businesses? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, what we always say um, in our in our business, especially with the gallery, is what's my ministry is my ministry. Mm -hmm. OK, so I, again, my role is more on the business side. So I help with scaling operations, processes. Um, my mother, she's the financer. So she tells us about her books, where to cut our spending, how, you know, we're doing everything. My aunt and my cousin, they're the day to day people that you know, speak to the customers and handle operations and decorate the venues and making sure that our staff on site is doing what they're supposed to do. So because we all have our things, we're able to flow very well because we're not a, we're not trying to do everything, mm -hmm. which in business in general, as you're growing and scaling, you're not able to do that anyway. And so by relinquishing control of everything and just honing in on what your role is, the business can flow much better. And I'm curious because so granted, everybody has their own ministry and area expertise and how you all operate. It's still a family owned business. So I'm mm -hmm. wondering, like, what are the dynamics like that? What are the dynamics with that? Like in terms of working with your mom, your aunt, your cousin and being able to, you know, operate this this family owned thing? We are so blessed, blessed in the fact that um, business is working together has been very well. And again, I think that stems from our understanding of what our roles are and also understanding when we have to be all in. So there are times where I'm in Chicago, I'm, I'm the, uh, the janitor, you know, I'm putting tables together, you know, and I'm making sure that everything is ready before it gets turned over to the client. Um, there are times where we all have to get an understanding, of course, and look at our books and what we're spending and understanding how are we doing well operationally. Um, but when it's time to just be a family, we also know when to put the you know, the paperwork away and just be family together. Mm -hmm. um, so one thing that we do for Thanksgiving is that we always spend Thanksgiving together, um, but we cater out because we're always so swamped in the holidays. Everyone's having events. Mm -hmm. But Thanksgiving, we don't talk business. We just enjoy each other. Yeah, because I was going to say, you can't be screaming on nobody about the mac and cheese <laughs> If everybody at the same place. Exactly. Like, no, no, we cater out. We're tired. Everybody relax and let's just chill. Now, our husbands on the other end, those are probably people who are getting the grunt work because we're always talking and handling business. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, guys, y'all got to be quiet because, you know, we're trying to do this, but, you know, but it, it has. I think having the family dynamic and keeping them separate and knowing when to re either relax and do business or relax and be family. Mm. Cool. Um, of course, your mom is one of your business partners. You mentioned that she's in the finance aspect of the business. How did you get interested in business? Because you obviously are very driven and passionate about it. So mm -hmm. what sparked your interest from knowing or wanting to go into wanting to be in a C-suite or just overall, like I want to that's the industry I want to go into. 
Um, so for me, originally, actually, when I was in high school, when I attended CAS, my uh, interest was dance. I was in dance for like 18, you know, almost 18 years at that point. Mm -hmm. um, so I just knew my dream was to be in the dance theater of Harlem. Um, but once I actually explored the the world and how much money they make, I said, oh, this ain't for me. <laughs> this is not for me. <laughs> I got to do something else. <laughs> nice little reality check. Yeah, I said, oh, no, this ain't it. <laughs> so that's when I actually got into business clubs at CAS. And I said, you know, I really like, you know, the business side of life. And then specifically accounting um, was something I, I wanted to go into. And so... Went to college, went into accounting, and then auditing. So I think that stems from my operational mindset because I always think in processes and that's because that's what you have to do as a financial auditor. You have mm -hmm. to be able to dissect, figure out where the errors are, and correct them. And so I think I'm able to still use some of those transferable skills in business, and that's why the businesses can run as they do now. Nice. Were you in BPA or DECA? I was. I was in BPA. Okay, nice. Yeah. BPA was in BPA too. too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Cool. As a as a trained financial professional and then someone who now has their own uh, businesses and entrepreneurship, what would you say that people are getting wrong in terms of finances when it comes to small business? Huh, finances, let's see. I would say just, you know, in general, just the understanding of it. Um, outside of just running bar business, like a bar tending company, I also mentor other people who are getting into the bar space. And what I think people truly undermine is understanding your business and your financials. You know, if I ask you what percent of your profit is going towards your expenses and you don't know that, that's a red flag. Mm -hmm. And so it's really understanding, you know, the numbers. The numbers tell the story. And so it's like, okay, how much profit am I truly making? Where am I spending most of my money? You know, do I need to allocate funds elsewhere or whatever? Or even having an accounting system. I think, mm -hmm. you know, people don't think about the importance of those things, especially in the early stages. But I think the early stages is when it's time to learn and understand those things before it blows up in your face. Mm. I have a quick follow-up to that. Can you break down for the people how to pay, how to appropriately pay yourself through your business if you have a small business, if it's uh, is your sole proprietor or if you're working with other people? Do you do you have any tips on the best ways for people to pay themselves so they don't go to jail? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I would say first, to your point, um, establish your business in whatever way they, you know, you decide you want to do it. So whether it's a sole proprietorship or uh, LLC, which for me, that's what I do, even as a single member LLC, mm -hmm. to separate those entities, even if you are paying yourself. Um, so that you're not spending the same money that you're earning and get it, you know, messed up and now you're going to jail. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so establish your business. <laughs> you mentioned um, that you are also into mentorship in terms of the bar industry, in terms of business. Um, and of course, Sumptuous Sp Spirits has been around since 2016 and you were one of the first like mobile bartending businesses yeah. that I see in the city. Yeah. And so a lot more have kind of come along. How did you get into the mentorship space and what is that like for you? Uh, good question. So I got into the mentorship space because I was having, you know, had people come to me and say, how are you running your business? How are you sustaining? Because as you see, there's a ton that are here and, mm -hmm. and not knocking any of them. Mm -hmm. um, but what differentiates the great businesses from others um, is how you run it. And that'll eventually show itself, you know, either in your professions or how you show up or even as businesses open and close. Mm -hmm. And so people would come and ask me questions and I'm a complete open book. You know, I want to see other businesses succeed, which is why I mentor other 
uh, mobile bartending companies to, you know, not only know how to make a good cocktail and be a good bartender, but to truly, whether it's a side hustle or this is your main thing, run your business effectively. Cool. How do you have any um, advice for people who are potentially interested in getting in this industry? Because like Amanda had mentioned, it could be seen as saturated now, whereas, you know, you, you were early adopter of this particular space. But for anyone interested in moving into that mobile bartending business or possibly doing something a little bit different when it comes to bartending and making drinks, uh, what would you advise them on on the steps on how they can get started? Um, I will first say, um, do your research and just understanding what it means to have a bar company. I think a lot of times people, um, you know, see it and thinks that it's just them starting making drinks, which is totally fine. And that's great. If again, this is your side thing, you do it from time to time. But if you're going to establish it as a business, things like insurance coverage, contracts, the way you collect your money is some of the things I've heard some very horrible horror stories stories on. Um, and I think that people should do that research and establish those things before they put themselves out as a bartending company, because God forbid you serve somebody incorrectly and you're not trained properly. You know, if somebody goes out intoxicated, you know, they could kill someone that comes back to you. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's all about handling those things first, and then also understanding who your market is. Um, your market can't be everybody. So for again, us, our primary demographic is corporate social professional special events. Um, and that's who we cater to. That's how we handle our marketing. And those are the people that we attract. Um, and I think if people took more time to see who they want to serve, because you might be the party bartender, you might be the wedding bartender, you know, they're not the same. It requires different skill sets and, um, different understanding of how to do things. And if you, know, you figure that out, then I think it'll make you more successful in the long run. In terms of um, like some of the things that you need to actually run a mobile bartending business, I know one of the things that came up for us and that was a requirement for our venue was that everybody is, is it licensed or certified? I forget what it is. The tip certification. Tip certification. Mm -hmm. um, and then of course you mentioned like insurance purposes and things like that. How did you go about, was that just something that you threw, obviously doing research, but what are some of the aspects, I guess, that go into the business that you might not think about besides like the insurance and the tip certification? Are there other things that you feel like in the mobile bartending industry, it's like, oh, you need to also make sure you think about these things as well? I think um, it's a few things. So like you said, it's the tip certification, which some people mix up going to bartending school with the TIP certification. So the TIP mm -hmm. certification that you spoke of is an international training that uh, is basically a way for to identify, you know, and serve alcohol. So how to tell someone's intoxicated, what are the proper and standard pours, what to do in the instance that you have to cut somebody off and what's that look like. Mm -hmm. um, most people don't know that if a pregnant woman asks for a cocktail, you are legally obligated to give it to them. And if you don't serve them, they can sue you uh, for discrimination. Wow. That's a tip certification training that some people don't know or think about. Mm -hmm. um, and so getting those trainings and the insurance is so important. But also remembering when you are catering toward a certain demographic, making sure you understand what their needs are. So if I'm going to, um, if I'm going to service a corporate a corporate event with 50 people you know, what you're serving and how you're serving is going to be different than a birthday party for 50 people. And so keeping those things in mind that all, you know, all things are not aligned and just having that understanding going into business, you know, will help 
you know, mobile bartending companies. Thanks. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I know that now you're entering the, the tech space and wanting to know, like, what made you want to go that route? And because it, the way that you're going about it is, is very purposeful in trying to help other people in similar situations as you being a small business and being able to get their um, operations and systems more in order. So just want to learn more about how did you decide to enter the tech space? Sure. Um, and what's so interesting is that I have always been around tech. So in the bartending world now, currently with us, we've worked with tech stars, both in Detroit and Chicago, um, being at Bamboo and, and a member in Bamboo, we're servicing tech companies. We've done Michigan Tech Weeks. We've done Detroit Startup Week. So I've always been in the world and have always been very intrigued by it and how you know people develop their ideas. Um, what got me interested in being a tech founder myself is seeing that there's a real need and problem to be solved in the small to medium events industry. Uh, we were looking for an app to help integrate with our operational processes, and we could not find anything that was tailored specifically to back-end processes and efficiency, unless you were like Madison Square Garden. Mm -hmm. There's a ton of technology out there, mm -hmm. but for, you know, event venues that hold maybe 200, 300 or less, there's nothing out there, um, you know. Unless it's like a sales tool or a banquet tool, but that's not what we are. And so we said we have to put something together in which small to medium sized event venues can integrate their operations and improve their effectiveness, not by sorting through Google Sheets, but actually being able to operate well um, through this app. How long has it, or from like the idea inception to now, like what's that process been like? How long has that been for you all? It's been an interesting phase. Right now, we're still in discovery and research. We're really trying to make sure we have our niche captured to make sure we tailor those things well um, because we don't want to look up and, again, are not tailoring to uh, – you not their needs, you know, we're falling out of line. So we're still in the discovery phase, mm -hmm. um, but we're planning on building out and testing the tool in Q2 of next year. And how has the process been in terms of developing this thing? Has it been a strenuous process? Has it been uh, easier than you thought? Because everybody's journey, I know through tech and especially like app development, app-based development, it's not always the, the most straightforward process. It's not. And we're going the no code route, which is helpful because we do know a lot of businesses who have been through this and or develop no code apps. So that's been helpful. But what has been interesting for me as the non-technical founder is the difference in the way we're handling business because we'll be fundraising instead of bootstrapping or leaning, you know, on profits, it will be we are fundraising. So learning that has been um very interesting and exciting, but something that I feel very like new to. It's like being a new kid at school. It's like people know you, but you don't know what you're getting into because you yeah. haven't gotten into it like that. So I'm learning so much about the fundraising world, what that means, how to do it the right way, what kind of funding we need, how to attract funders, whether it's angel or venture. And, and even knowing the differentiation of that and what you need as we're growing the business and to grow it in the way that we want it to. Nice. As you've ventured into these different, um, businesses the communities like of course like you were one of the i would say trailblazers in the bar mobile bartending community in detroit and then of course you're entering the tech space now and you have an, a, a venue um as well have you built community around those businesses like do you 
of course you have your mentorship with mobile bartending, but in terms of like the venue space, like, do you have any like community in terms around that in the industry? And what has it been like in tech in terms of navigating that space for you all as well? No, that's a good question. So in the event venue space, I actually have, because we're a bar company um, starting here in Detroit, a lot of my um, venue friends in the industry are based here in Detroit because you know, I knew them when I was just bartending. So now being able to go to them and talk through what it's like to grow and and even realizing that we have some of the same, you know, problems or like we're going through the same thing. So that has been awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, for the tech space, I think it's even an even greater community because Detroit in itself is such a tech hub with so much talent and people who are so open to share their resources. It has been an amazing acceptance into the tech world, um, literally just embracing with the hug. And how can I help you? It has been really good. And I just want to make sure that, you know, as I'm getting introduced and immersed in the tech space, making sure I do the same for anybody else who, you know, I know you. who are becoming mm-hmm. behind me. Yeah. Dope. And have you seen any, because uh, like we had mentioned, I had learned about your you going into tech from the uh, panel that you did at Black Tech Saturdays mm-hmm. and from that tech community, have you started to, uh, I'm assuming, like you say, you're newer in that space, but that community is growing for you and making those connections. What has that been like? Uh, granted, like you've already been established in bartending and then also the uh, event space as well and having those connections. Yeah. You know, I think it's because the relationships are different and I, and I love that. So for instance, uh, with Johnny and Alexa, you know, the co-founders of Black Tech Saturdays, I've had the opportunity to speak with them as a tech founder and ask them questions because they are tech founders themselves, but also from the vendor side, because now we're supporting their events and providing bartending. So I think the relationships are different and the conversations are different, but that's great that you're able to do that within the community and have various aspects of your relationship grow. Um, And even being able to be exposed to their, you know, not only just Johnny and Alexa, but again, the Detroit tech community in general, being able to kind of be in that world and really get the support has been great. Mm -hmm. Are you good? I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I don't have any more questions. <laughs> well, Lauren, as far as what do you see is, we would like to know what do you see in your crystal ball for Lauren, yourself, the person, and then also for your business ventures that you have going on? What do you see on the horizon? Sure. So it's funny. I just did my one, three, and no, well, no one, three, and five-year goals. Um, and so for me, I would say over the next few years, um, I've been grinding for a really long time, which is great. I love it. I love the startup grind and growth of a business. But what I'm really looking forward to is the continued growth. Um, my businesses are six figure, but I'm really looking forward to the seven figure growth, multi seven figure growth of those businesses. But then also on the personal side, what I love about being a founder is that in an entrepreneur is that it allows me in some ways to really um, control my schedule so I can go as hard as I want to when I want to, but also I can pull back and spend time with my family, which is something I really, really value and don't take for granted because I know everyone can't do that. And so I really want to be able to continue to be a great mom and wife to my family and be present as much as possible. But then also being an amazing uh, leader in my business, because one thing I really value um, about being a great leader just in general is being able to be empathetic and understand people um, in a way that 
it is not just an employee relationship. So however I can help my team members grow or help them in their aspirations and their dreams is something I want to continue to do as my businesses grow. Very nice. Well, we appreciate you joining us on the podcast Thank and you. more importantly, being able to lend your services to us for our wedding and our very yes. special day. Um, everything worked out perfectly. And like we had told you beforehand, it definitely wasn't any uh, shortage of anybody who uh, needed a drink or any issues <laughs> like yes. that. Y'all had a time. Y'all had a time. Those signature cocktails were gone. Yeah. The wine was gone. Y'all had a time. Yes. And people kept it classy, too. They didn't. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't yeah, crazy. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't crazy. So we were grateful for that. Yes. Mm -hmm. thank, and thank you so much for even having me a part of your big day. I really absolutely appreciate that. You were first in mind. So thank, thank you. you. We appreciate yes. you and your team. Yes. Great service. Yes. Thank you. Well, Lauren, we will, I'm sure we'll be talking to you soon. And then everybody watching, we'll tap in with y'all later. Peace. Peace.